0: In today's episode, I wanna talk about change and why most believer's life aren't appealing to non-believers. If you're someone who's a believer and wants their life to reflect the promises of God, to share the glory with the world, stay tuned. So here's the million dollar question. How are people like us who don't settle for the status quo, who value freedom in a life without limits, How do we create extraordinary results in the key areas of life, yet skip the fear, stress, and anxiety that produces regret? This is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. I'm your host, Tom Herman, and welcome to the Attractively Different podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Attractively Different podcast. This is Tom Herman, and I hope you are doing amazing. Have a fun episode today. Well, I say it may be fun. It may be kind of hard to hear, but it's something that I want to just talk about because I have seen realization that happened while I was visiting a church over Easter. And I want to talk about why the lives of believers, even though we know all of the right things to say, why maybe more people aren't attracted to the God that we serve or the life that we lead and how that can change and how that can be adjusted to bring more glory to God's kingdom and ultimately build his kingdom for his glory and to impact more lives and to bring them into freedom and away from bondage that we see in the kingdom that is Satan. So if you're you're someone who wants your life to reflect the promise of God, if you read in God's word about the promises that he has for us, and yet you're not necessarily seeing all them in your life then i want you to listen in and key in because the thing is the bible gives us evidence it gives us promises the people behind on their bills are the people who talk about going to church and talk about christians but they're not keeping up on their bills or instead of leaving a very generous tip at a restaurant maybe a christian leaves a track on the table and there's this like stigma of where people may say like i don't I don't necessarily want their life. I don't want to be bound up in these things that you can and cannot do because non-believers see as a bunch of rules or they see judgment. They see this environment where talk to multiple peoples who have been like, okay, God, if this is what you want from me, then I don't want anything to be a part of you. I have a a friend here in the last couple of years where they have walked away from their faith because of that, because the judgment they received from the church or um, people that were close to them, And so it's it's troubling to see that we can say the right things and you know, Christians hold this hard line about homosexuality and these things that are very clear in the Bible and yet it's created division and it's created a lot of judgment and people outside of the faith, outside of the church say I don't want anything to do with it. And here's the thing, and probably the the saddest thing to me is that the generations, the younger generations that are being brought up by parents creating a Christian home. The divorce rate in families of believers is very similar, if not the same, to the divorce rate of the world. So there's this, this thing that I want to talk about today of like, how can we change that? And what is the biggest thing to bring about that change where believers can be known for people whose lives are attractively different? I've referenced a verse in Acts before where the, the disciples were called people who are turning the world upside down. have a tough time seeing that today as I look across the church culture and when I do see it it's very rare and so I know that you're someone who is capable of achieving this life and that you want to inspire others and leave a legacy that impacts God's kingdom I know you want to raise your children in a home where they want to become like you when it comes to your faith that they've actually seen it applied and that your words have integrity with your actions and what really made me think about this is, as I mentioned, I was visiting a church over Easter weekend and this church had a video and they were asking their members what the resurrection meant to them. And so people were talking about how it set them free and that Jesus died for their sins. And there's one person who said that it, the resurrection means that they don't have to worry anymore. They don't have to be anxious. And They're like, I still am, but I don't have to be. And yet this person was still holding on to the cares of this world they were walking in a way that didn't look any different and i'm making a lot of assumptions but just based on their comment that i don't have to worry anymore i still do i'm still anxious but the resurrection means that i don't have to and so it's like as believers so many times we can get into just sharing the knowledge the roman road making sure all of our facts are straight but the biggest impact is when people see your life changed. When you have peace, when you have hope, when you see God move in miraculous ways, and that's not strange to you. When you expect God to show up the way he says he will in his word, that draws people's attention. When they see, I know, some, I know some believers who have made the comment, Everything in the book of Acts that happens in the book of Acts or in the Bible, they've seen happen in their life, all the way down to people coming back to life. They've seen those miracles happen. And yet I also know believers and also know Christians that say those miracles were just for that time and that that no longer happens. And that saddens me because I know that in God's word, he says that he never changes, He's the unchanging God. So why would he move in one way just for a specific period of time in the Bible and not move that same way today? Would that not imply that he changes? And yes, things are different, but when I hear people say that, well, that was just for that time, it really makes me wonder, Like, are they coming to that conclusion because they don't have evidence in their life that they can understand or support that this would really happen. So instead of the best way they can walk in integrity in their faith is coming to the conclusion. So I really want to just talk about what it will take for us as believers to provide the evidence that you can go to heaven. They, they believe that, but there are some other things that are challenging that if they're not seeing produced in their life or in other people's lives, then they come to an erroneous conclusion well, then that must have been just for that time. Or maybe God doesn't do that anymore. That that must have been just for that time. So instead of leaving Christian beliefs, they just come to another conclusion that helps support where they can stay in that belief because they are fully persuaded that Jesus came to die for their sins. And that when you fully trust in him, that we can be like that tree by the river where everything we put our hand to prospers. And we can cast our cares onto him and we don't have to worry about tomorrow because we know that there's going to be more than enough i talked about in hebrews 4 9 and 10 how it says that there is a sabbath rest through jesus and just as god rested from his work because it was complete we rest from ours that god is who he says he is that his promises do work because the work is complete and when you look i believe it's in colossians it talks about the Sabbath was actually a shadow, a picture of what was to come. And so when Jesus gave the Sabbath day to the Israelites or the Sabbath year, the year of Jubilee, like these are just pictures of what we have in Jesus, what he restored back to us because he is our Sabbath rest. And so even look, the Israelites going through the desert, in order for them to rest on the Sabbath when they were collecting manna, God provided more than enough on the sixth day. They were supposed to gather two days, two portions worth, so they could rest on the Sabbath. So think about this. The only way the Sabbath rest is possible, more than enough, a double portion. Like on the sixth day, they they were able to collect two portions, a portion for that day and a portion for the next day, which was supposed to be the Sabbath. So the only way a Sabbath rest can be possible is because there's more than enough that's provided. So in Hebrews, when it says that, there is a Sabbath rest through Christ, and we get to rest from our work the same way God rested from his. The only way that Sabbath rest is possible is because God has provided more than enough. There will be more than enough. And as Christians, so many times, and I've, I'm learning this, I'm kind of working through this, but we, we get caught up in the cares of the world, we get caught up in this lack of mentality that we don't have enough. We don't have enough time. We don't have enough money. We don't have enough resources. We don't have enough relationships. And we get stuck on this idea. But what if it was true? What if we lived in this mindset that there's more than enough? That whatever we see on the horizon that causes anxiety, how am I going to pay for this? How am I going to cover that? What if this happens? What if we lived in a state? How would you feel if you were able to just operate in the mindset that there's going to be more than enough? God will provide more than enough. I mean, it's a game changer to operate in these promises and believe that what God says is true. Because when you operate in that way, that becomes attractive to the world. Who's running around. It's like the people who went out and looked for manna on the seventh day. They weren't going to find it. They were running around, operating in this mindset of toil and sweat And yet God has provided a Sabbath rest. We get to operate and live in that Sabbath through Jesus. Jesus made that possible. And it's because there's more than enough. And so when you look at what's going to cause people to change, I read one of my favorite authors is Andy Andrews, and he's got a book called The Little Things. And he talks about change. And he says the two ingredients that are required for people to change, they want to know what's in it for them. So what's in it for me? And there needs to be proof beyond reasonable doubt. And think about this, when it comes to the church, when it comes to living a life for the kingdom, when it comes to sharing the gospel, in the Western world, we are very clear on the benefits of the Christian life, what it is to them. We're very clear on eternal life and how you can go to heaven and not go to hell. There's a huge benefit there. We're very good at sharing that. What's missing is the abundance of proof that creates proof beyond reasonable doubt, which which comes to about to be in that statement where that person on that video is saying the resurrection means I don't have to worry anymore. That is true. They can share the benefit. That is a benefit. What's in it for you. You don't have to worry anymore. The resurrection allows you to not be anxious. And the proof beyond reasonable doubt, when they say I still do, that's not very powerful. That's not going to cause someone to want your life when they're like, well, I'm glad that your church works for you, but you're still anxious just like I am. You're still anxious for what's gonna happen to your kids or keeping them safe or how are you gonna pay for these things? But it means I don't have to. Your life looks very similar to mine. We just believe different things. And so it's the fruit of our lives that's attractive. I mean, think about when Jesus walked by the fig tree and he cursed the fig tree for not having any fruit on it. There wasn't any evidence of fruit. And it's the fruit of our lives that will be attractive to others. It's the peace. It's prospering in what we do. It's excelling in what we do. If you're you're a Christian business owner, that means it's providing amazing customer service. It means providing an amazing product, a high quality product. It means being generous on all occasions. And when you prosper and when you're generous on all occasions, and you get to have fun and you get to extend generosity, at a high level, it creates curiosity. And so think about the transformation that is possible. If you were to know the promises that God has in his word and live them out, and if if there seems to be an incongruency in your life and what you're seeing in your life and what you're reading in the word, instead of starting from a place that, well, that must not be true anymore, what if you start from the place of, I must not understand it? And people receive that benefit. They see the fruit. They get to basically eat the fruit from the tree of your life that is prospering. Because here's what I know the word says. God says that you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. The truth shall set you free. So I've talked about this in a recent podcast as well. If you're not free in a certain area, that must be an indicator that you don't have the truth. And so friend, like... Religion pulls you out of living this life that is available to you. The idea of religion pulls you away from being like that tree in Psalm 1 that is by the bank where your leaf doesn't wither and everything you do prospers. Because someone who talks about the life change that comes from knowing your creator and from walking in God's kingdom and the peace of actually fulfilling and living in God's promises. Like that is attractive. And so when you when you look at the word religion, think about like I said religion will pull you out from living that life. It'll, it'll pull up the roots from being that tree planted by the waters. Like religion is is bondage. And if you actually look at the Latin root the Latin root for religion is me if I'm pronouncing this incorrectly. Religare. Which religare in Latin means to bind. And what do we know that Jesus said in John 10.10? 10, 10, that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to bind you up. Satan has a kingdom that is defined by bondage and lack. And the truth will make you free. Religion will bind you up. The truth will make you free. And so, as believers, if we're living a life where we know the steps to the Roman road, when we can share all the things on how to come to Jesus, like, yes, that is good. God will use his word. His word does not return void. But if there's not evidence, if there's not proof in your life of God's promises and what he says, is available to the believer, if your life is full of anxiety, if it's full of broken relationships, if it's full of anger, I mean, think about the opposite things of the fruit of the Spirit. Think about love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. If you know all the things about the Bible and that your life is producing the opposite, lack of self-control, lack of generosity, Anger, bitterness, resentment. Then friend, there's potential that you're walking. And I say potential because I'm softening it a little bit. You're probably walking in religion. You're being bound. Because religion is a way that we can be right with God and not right with our fellow man. Religion is a checklist. So I'm doing this. And I'm right with God because I'm doing the activities, but I'm not right with my fellow man. And so when you you break free of this religious mindset that can still be so prevalent in the church, if you're not free, then you're probably bound by the ideas of religion. And when I say free, if there's something that you don't have freedom in, so you may, you may have a lot of fruit in a lot of different areas, and you may be loving, you may have self-control. And it's like Christ died for you to have a life that's prospering in all areas. that's to the full. So friend, I just want to encourage you that it's possible. To, that God says when we seek him, we will find him. And when you take him at his word, and when you walk by faith, because faith is being fully persuaded that God will do what he says he's going to do. And when we walk by faith, and when we know, and we trust, and give God an opportunity to say, okay, God, I'm believing that there will be more than enough. Whatever that more than enough is, because my labor is to enter into your rest, into your Sabbath rest. And when I'm believing that you will do what you say you will do, <clears throat> when I believe that you will do what you say you will do, My life's going to change. I'm going to allow you to show up and show off. So hopefully this is encouraging to you. If it is, please subscribe, rate the show, leave a review. Subscribing, leaving a review, rating it helps make the show better, which helps get the show out to help more people. And remember, everything you do matters. Go rule your assignment, serve God's people, And be blessed. Hey, everyone. It's Tom again. And I wanted to ask you a quick question. On a scale from 1 to 10, how confident are you that you know God's purpose for your life? I mean, there can be a lot of confusion around this topic. So I went ahead and created a life purpose roadmap to help you gain clarity on your purpose. You can download your free PDF, Life Purpose Roadmap, at attractivelydifferent.com backslash purpose, It'll walk you through the seven simple steps to prospering in your purpose. Also, for the next 40 days, I'll be sending you a daily email guide that will help you unlock the full power of the roadmap. These emails are designed to make it that much easier for you to implement the roadmap and succeed in your God-given assignment. It's free. Just go download the Life Purpose Roadmap PDF at attractivelydifferent.com backslash purpose.